Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. We are in a series called The Dwelling Place. We've been talking about um, what it means to be a person of God's presence, what it means to be a a church, um, um, uh, individuals of God's presence, and a people of God's presence. And so we've been doing a, we've been focusing on the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, This week in particular, I want to talk about praise and worship. And where I wanted to end up at the end of this message, I don't have time to end up there. So um, I'm going to talk about mostly praise, and next week I'm going to talk more about worship. There is a difference. There's some overlapping themes, certainly. But this week I'm mostly going to focus on um, praise. Now, so I don't want you to leave here thinking what I say is like the end all to praise and worship. It's actually mostly just talking about praise with the goal in mind of worship, okay? The end result of worship. And so the title of my message today is called The Fellowship of the Spirit. I want to do a quick review. We talked about how the, the Holy Spirit is not just a force or an influence, or he's not just a power, right? We have electricity flow, flowing through these cords. But this electric, uh, the electricity here does not have personality, right? It's just a force. It's just power. The Holy Spirit, not only is he powerful, but he's also a person. You are a person if you have um, three things. Number one, a mind. Number two, a will. And number three, emotions, okay? A person is a person if they have these three things. And we talked about, went through scriptures and proved that the, the Holy Spirit has all of these things. It's not just God the Father and Jesus who has a mind, will, and emotions, but actually the person of the Holy Spirit does as well. An entity that thinks, feels, and that wills is a person. God the Holy Spirit has all the attributes of a personality. Why is that important? This is why. The Holy Spirit is a person, therefore we can know him and be known by him. That's why it's important. If we're going to be a people and individuals of God's presence, we have to recognize that this person can know me, and I can know him, and we can interact. Why? He has a mind. He has a will. He has emotions. He has a will for my life. You want to know God's will for you? He has a will for you. He has to tell you, right? I gave this illustration last week, but if you want to know how to live your life, you can read the Bible. The Bible will tell you how to live. If you want to know where to live, you have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He will tell you where to live, where to go to school, who to marry, right? Those kind of things. And so... We're going to talk about uh, praise and worship. One of our core values, it's actually our our first and our premier value as a church, is that we love God passionately. Our premier value is to love God passionately and to encounter his presence through praise and worship. Those of you that are going to come to the Discover course after service, that's one of the things you'll hear. And we have, you know, nine more of these uh, core values that that we try to live by. So what does that look like? What does it look like to... Um, value and love God passionately and encounter his presence through praise and worship. Well, I'll tell you what it should look like. It should look like the way the Bible describes it, right? We're not worshiping a God created in our own image, right? He created us in his image. And if you want to find out about God, we have to go to the scripture and learn about this God, okay? I I think many times, especially I'd say in Western, uh, the Western world, we kind of have a, oh, God would never do that. Well, would he? You know, we we create a God in our own minds. We worship a God kind of in our image, which we should be worshiping God who created us in his image. Amen? 
So find out what he's like, not try to worship the God that you think he is, right? Having said that, he's better than you think. You might think he's good, he's better than you think, okay? He's a loving father. So before I get into praise, a lifestyle of praise and lifestyle of worship, I will say that worship can be and is more than just what we do here on Sunday mornings, okay? Um, For me, um, I want my work life to be worship. I want my home life to be worship. I want to manage my home in such a way that is glorifying to God. Um, for me, when I'm running, into the, running in the mountains in the summer, I love, I love the mountains, I love summer, I love being in shape. For me, there's a, there's a sense of connection to God when I'm doing something like that. How many have something like that? I, I, I'd imagine like artists are that way. When they're painting or when they're playing their instrument, they're connected to their creator. When they're creating, um, they're connected to God. Well, I feel like it's almost art, you know, when I'm in the mountains hiking, you know. And you might have something like that in your life. And I think that's probably a, a message for another time. But today what I want to focus on is mainly what we do here on Sunday mornings and also what you do throughout the week in times of praise and worship and singing songs to God and that kind of stuff. Um, I hope that the only time you uh, sing and worship to God, I hope it's the only time of the week isn't like right here, right now. Um, take advantage of other times throughout the week um, to worship God. This should kind of be the tip of the iceberg, really, what we do here. This should be kind of an overflow of our lives. But what I've discovered is that many Christians uh, don't really understand and know what worship is supposed to look like. For example, is worship coming to church and watching the worship team play songs? Right? Yeah, worship, praise and worship isn't just coming to church and watching the band. By the way, good job band this morning. And thank you, media, for everyone who made all this happen. You guys are amazing. Thank you, by the way, to everyone who helped at the women's conference. I know that was a ton of work. Put your hands together for those people. A lot of people served really hard. So it's not just coming to church and watching the worship team sing songs. Um, Someone might ask you, like, we had a time of praise and worship. What'd you do? Well, we did two fast and one slow. You know, two praise songs, one one slow song. That was praise and worship, right? Okay, is that what worship is? Is that what praise is? Okay. All right, so what is it? I'll give you an example of what it should look like or how we should approach God. How many have ever heard of... um, the book, The Five Love Languages. Okay, if you're a Christian and you haven't heard of The Five Love Languages, do yourself a favor. Um, go online and take, there's a test you can take to find out what your love language is. Um, uh, the book basically states this. There are, there are five ways to communicate love to people, and people primarily gravitate towards one or two of these. Um, one or two of these. So, so here they are. There's um, people, uh, gifts is one. Quality time is another. Words of affirmation is another. Touch is another. And then acts of service is another, okay? Um, so gifts. Uh, how many people are your gift people? You like to receive like to receive gifts. Like that's your primary love language. Um, so it's okay, right? You can raise your hand. Um, personally, gifts is not like a top-notch uh, thing for me, um, especially if it's not like a quality gift. Like if someone just... You know, 
usually someone who their love language is gifts, you can get them anything, and they're like, this is great. And even if it's a trinket or a knick-knack, right, or just chocolate, they're like, yeah, you, got some, you thought of me, you got something for me. Um, I'm not I'm not a person like that. I, uh, I gravitate a little more towards, like, maybe quality time. I have a picture that corresponds to quality time. I took my kids to the family, uh, the Greeley Rec Center. I think Trinity, my daughter. Trinity, that's you, baby. Climbing right there. <laughs> Uh, we went, we went you, you can go, by the way, to the, to the Greeley Wreck, and you can climb without ropes up to the white line there. So they let you kind of boulder around there. But my daughter, we took her the other day. She really loves things like that, swimming and climbing. That's quality time, right? We had quality time together. Um, words of affirmation, some people really like that. I, of course, I do too. Touch. Um, touch is a big one. I like, I, I like touch. Um, I, used, I think I've told this story before, but I used to work with a guy, and when he talked to you, he would... He would kind of grab your arm. How many of you are like that, or how many know people like that, where they talk to you and they, they're just putting their hands on you? And I always like, kind of liked it. I always found it kind of like soothing. It's like, I don't know, stranger, you're touching me, but I don't care. <laughs> you know? It's like when you, when you pick up a kitten by its neck, they just get calm, you know? <laughs> I liked it. And then I worked with this other guy. He's like, I don't like it. That guy, he like touches you when he talks to you. And I don't like it. It creeps me out when he touches me. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, what a weirdo, you know? (laughs) But I always was like, I love this, you know? Um, Our daughter, Evie, our younger daughter, who's in the kids' church, she's very much touch. You know, when you put them to bed, pray with them, she will do anything to get you to stay rub her back, and, you know, she's just, she's, she's a touchy kid. Um, acts of service. This isn't one of my top ones. It's one of my wife's top ones. Um, and so I try to remember that with her. But the other day, she made me some nachos. Go ahead. I took a picture of the nachos. You guys, look at these nachos. I ate all of this. Everything. I ate the whole thing. I was miserably full after that. But that was an act of service. My wife made me this... Amazing nachos, right? Okay, here's the thing about love languages. Typically, we give love the way that we like to receive love. If your love language is gifts, typically you'll think, oh, everyone needs a gift, you know? Um, if, if you like being touched, you'll probably give touch, you know? Because you're trying to get your need met as well. I don't know. So typically, people give love, they express love the way they like to receive love. But what love languages is all about, it's about finding out what the other person likes and expressing love to them in a way that they like to receive, okay? So that's, that's why it's important to know what your spouse's love language is. We've done premarital counseling a lot. We always talk about love languages. Find out how the other person likes to receive love. It's amazing if they, if they line up, if they're both like you know, touch and quality time, then there's going to be a lot of quality touch happening, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) But, um, so we, yeah, when we do premarital counseling, we we always talk about that. Um, But your best friend, your your kids, your your parents, it's good to find out how they like to receive um, love so you can better show them how you love them, okay? So, the question, and the illustration I'm using here today, is the question becomes, how does God want to receive love from us? Does God have a love language? And I think to an extent, God probably, because he made us in his image, he probably encompasses all of these. For example, gifts like 
God likes it when we give like to the poor. God likes it when we tithe, right? Uh, quality time. God likes it when we spend time with him, right? Words of affirmation. A lot of, the, of what praise is, is giving affirmation and words and praising God. That is words of affirmation. Touch. God likes touch so much that he came and lived inside of us, right? The veil, we were separated from God. He was behind the veil, right? He likes touch so much that he said, I'm going to be with my people. I want to live in them forever, okay? Acts of service. Um, the Son of Man did not come to be, ser- um, to be served, but to serve, is what Jesus said. So um, that's how he gave, but obviously we can serve God too. We can serve him by um, <coughs> acts of service. Okay, so how does God want to receive love? Uh, that's kind of what I want you to keep in mind when we talk about praise and worship. Um, we talk a lot about what we get out of worship, and there's the chains break. You know, there's scriptures when they praise God, the chains fell off, right? Um, many times when, when people were going through something or the, the worshipers went forward and, and there was breakthrough, we talk about that all the time. So we talk about what you get out of worship a lot, and we'll talk about this more in the future, what we get out of it. There's a breakthrough when we worship, when we praise but I want to talk about what does God get out of it? What's in it for him? Because we, we want to find out what pleases the Lord, right? In fact, Ephesians 5, chapter 8 through 10, it, it says this. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. The fruit of, righteous, um, the, fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Watch this. Verse 10, we, we read this a couple weeks ago. And find out what pleases the Lord. I want to find out God's love language. I want to find out how he wants to receive love from me. I don't want to be a stingy spouse, you know. I want to find out what, what my wife likes. Well, I don't want to be stingy with God. I want to know what, what do I have that he actually wants from me. What, is, what will bless him? What pleases the Lord? Okay, so I want to talk about what pleases the Lord. Um, <clears throat> how do we give praise to this person? I'm going to go through, I've, ta- I've done some of this before, but I'm going to go through um, 10 Hebrew words that mean praise in the Bible, praise and worship in the Bible. I've done like seven of these in the past. I want to go through all ten today to show you biblically how God wants to receive love from us, okay? So I think this is super insightful. Um, Before I say that, part of our problem as I think spirit-filled believers is we like to, I mean, how many know that this should be an experiential thing? Like we want to feel God when we come to church. We want him to move on our hearts. But many times, I think a problem with being a spirit-filled Christian is if we don't feel it, then I'm not going to praise. I'm not going to lift my hands. I'm not going to do these things, right? Because, and you know, someone might say, well, I don't want to be fake, Pastor Kurt. I'm not feeling it, so I'm not going to lift my hands. I'm not going to praise, right? Um, how many know that sometimes we're supposed to offer a sacrifice of praise? It's not always just if you feel it. Sometimes you have to do it, and then you feel it, Right? So it's not just if you're feeling, you know, especially moved today. Um, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it says this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Okay. Um, how many notes? If your life is perfect, all your ducks are in a row and everything's great, and you just want to praise God for how great your life is, how many know that's not really a sacrifice? Is that a sacrifice? Right? It's a sacrifice when you're going through hell. It's a sacrifice when you're not sure what's going on, or you just got fired, or it's a sacrifice when someone in your family just died, right? In fact, I will say this. Um, in heaven, heaven is perfect, right? 
I don't think it's going to be a sacrifice to praise God in heaven. I think it'll be very obvious, like, oh, this is perfect, he's amazing, he's beautiful, right? I don't think it'll be very hard to give praise to God in heaven. It will be a reaction to his glory, right? Here on earth, we have an opportunity to offer a sacrifice of praise that I think we won't even have in heaven. We won't have the opportunity to worship God in the midst of a storm. And so if you're going through something, and we do go through stuff, um, there is an opportunity to still praise him through the trial, to praise him through what's going on um, here now, to sacrifice a praise. Okay, <clears throat> so let me, uh, these are appropriate ways to give thanks to God, and um, we're going to go through these. Okay, number one, toda. Everyone say toda. Okay, this is a thanksgiving, to give thanks with a thanksgiving choir. Okay, now, I would, I would say that would, was the worship team earlier, but also I would say you guys are the Thanksgiving choir. You came to church, we've assembled to give worship and praise to God. We, you are part, congratulations, you're part of the worship team if you're here at City Lights Church. We don't view, we don't come here just to watch the worship team sing songs. We come to have them lead us in worship, but we are worshipers ourselves. And In fact, I... I um, when I take a spiritual gifts test, I actually score many times very high on worship leading. Well, listen, I can't sing and I don't play any instruments. But part of worship leading for me is being someone who worships before people and, and um, brings praise to people. I think part of that changes the environment. You might change the environment just by sitting in the seat, even though you're not called to be playing an instrument or singing. Okay, So I want you to see yourselves that way. Is you change the atmosphere just by... Praising right in your seat, okay? Okay, by definition, you can't, a toda, um, a Thanksgiving choir, by definition, you can't do this one by yourself uh, because a choir is an organized group of singers, okay? We've come here together, we're organized, we're in rows, so there's some organization happening, right? By definition, you, this one you can't do at home, so I know I'm preaching to the choir, right? You're the choir. See what I did there? By definition, you can't do this one alone, and so... If you're at home, watching right now, streaming, we love you, but come to church. Okay. <laughs> okay, next one. So number one is Toda, Thanksgiving choir. Number two, Barack. Not Barack Obama, Barack. Okay. What does Barack mean? It means to bow or to kneel in Thanksgiving. Okay, sometimes it's appropriate to, to bow or kneel or to get low before God. He's a king. He's God. Like... We, it's okay to reverence him. It's okay to get low. It's okay to, to get on your knees to worship him, okay? Have you guys ever done this? Um, <clears throat> a lot of times people get on their knees and they pray. That, that's an act of um, surrender. That's an act of, like, God, we need you. That's an act of getting low because we need God's help in our lives, right? Um, my wife and I have been doing this this year. We've been um, doing that a little bit more. Um, not every day, but when we pray at night, sometimes we'll just kneel before I, Because, I don't know, you're sitting in the bed and you're praying or whatever. It's easy to like get distracted and you know fall asleep or whatever. So we've been trying to kneel, you know, before our bed and we pray and we're, we're trying to do that more and more. So it's good to get low sometimes. Have you ever kneeled before the Lord? Have you ever gotten your knees and prayed before the Lord? It's good to do that. Okay, uh, number three, tequila. Everyone say tequila, not tequila. <laughs> if you drink tequila, it's a different kind of song coming out of you, right? Okay. Tehillah, to sing a song of praise. Okay, this is to give honor to God through a song of thanksgiving. Many times, 
Tehillah is unscripted or unrehearsed. It's a, many times it's a song of the Spirit. Okay? So the Holy Spirit in you, many times there will be a song raise, rise up in you that he wants you to sing out. The worship team, we do this sometimes up here. Not everything they do here is perfectly rehearsed. There are times where we're just going to stop and like, okay, let's sing, let's sing a song of the Lord. And we do this as a congregation sometimes where we just sing, sing your own song of the Lord. Just sing it right now, you know. That's Tehillah. It's a spontaneous song of praise. I just want to encourage you throughout the week, if you get a spontaneous song of praise in your heart, offer it up to God. If you're driving in your car, offer that spontaneous, God, you're good. God, I love you. God, I worship you. You know, sing a, sing a song in the spirit to the Lord, okay? This one you can do at home. This one you can do at church. That's Tehillah. Number four, Hallel. Everyone say Hallel. This one is to give thanks by being calamorously foolish, okay? Looking silly, looking foolish. An example of this would be like when David danced before the ark of the Lord. He danced before the Lord, right? A lot of, this may be a good time to say this, a lot of men like David because men, you know, David was like the manly man, right? A lot of men identify with David. Well, listen, David danced before the Lord. He cried before the Lord. He worshiped. He, he wrote poetry. He was like, he would punch you in the face and he wrote poetry, okay? I like David. But don't forget, he wasn't just a guy that identifies with your lust, you know what I mean? He also, you know, <laughs> David messed up, so I just like him, you know. He wasn't just a guy that was a, you know, a guy. He also wrote poetry and sang to the Lord, and it talks about him crying into his pillow, okay? He's a manly man, okay? So it's, listen, it's manly to worship God. The most manly thing you do is worship your creator and be connected to Jesus, amen? Okay. So, to give, let me read the, the definition, halal, to shine, hence to make a show, to boast, and thus to be clamorously foolish, to rave, causatively to celebrate, also to stultify. What does stultify mean? To appear foolish or absurd. Sometimes it's okay to appear foolish and absurd before your God, okay? But Pastor Kurt, I'm a dignified person, and I don't do undignified things. Okay, but are you going to the ball game and painting your face and shouting for your team? That's that's just as stupid looking, right? (laughs) Yeah, team, you know what I mean? Listen, I like sports. We watched UFC last night. I'm on the sports. I'm not knocking sports. Do your sport, okay? But listen, let's also be clamorously foolish and give expression and praise to our God. Amen? Okay? Um, And I'll say this about, about worship. You will worship something because you were created for worship. In fact, I will say this. You are worshiping something. It might be God. It might be yourself. You might be worshiping entertainment. You might be worshiping financial security. You know, listen, I, I think we should all have savings in a 401k, but is our hope and our trust in our 401ks, right? Okay. We should worship God. And you are worshiping something because you are made to worship. And I'll just ask this question. What are you worshiping? And God doesn't mind you having things. He doesn't mind you having hobbies. He doesn't mind you liking sports. There are things I love and I'm totally into. And I enjoy those things with God. When I go hiking, it's with God, right? So he'll do those things with you, but I want my priority to be on him. I want to praise him. Okay. And sometimes it looks a little silly. Sometimes it looks clamorously foolish, okay? All right, number five, yada. Everyone say yada. Not yada, yada, yada. Yada, Okay. The Seinfeld episode, okay. Yada. What is yada? To give thanks with extended hands. 
So when you see these weirdos up front raising their hands, like, why do they do that? It's, well, number one, it's biblical, and I'll, I'll tell you why. It's scriptural. Um, and it says this in, in Psalms 139, verses 13 through 14. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, and the word praise there is yada, with extended hands. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. Okay. It's good and right to praise the Lord. And sometimes we should thank God for who he's made. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made in God. Thank you, Jesus. It's okay to thank him for making you. Like you're you're a gift. Um, Look at your neighbor and say, look what the Lord has done. Now look at your other neighbor and say, look what the Lord has done. Okay? You're fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. It's a sin to hate yourself. Okay? It's a sin to hate yourself. Don't hate yourself. I once had a guy ask me, a guy I worked with, he's like, why do people, why do people lift their hands? Why are they stretching their hands out? What is that? Are they like trying to reach out to God, you know, get God? And yes and no. The answer is yes and no. They're, we're not really trying to reach out to God because he's in our hearts, but there is, it's an act of surrender. It's an act of reverent submission. It's an act of adoration before God. And it's biblical to, to lift holy hands and praise to God, okay? So if you've never done that, I encourage you to maybe start here, you know, and then do the here. And then, and then eventually you'll be here, okay? All right, so lift your hands. We're in a church where people lift their hands. It's all good. By the way, if you're here and, and I preach this message and you don't do any of this stuff, no one's looking over your shoulder and be like, you know, because this should be a sacrifice, your own sacrifice of praise. So there's not like a pressure thing here. It's like when I teach on tithing. I like to take up the offering and then teach on tithing because I don't want your, your compulsive gift. I, I want you, God to have your heart in, in the area of giving, amen? So when I talk about this, I want God to have your heart when it comes to praise and worship. Okay, so there's not, it's not a pressure environment. Okay, uh, number six, uh, zamar. Everyone say zamar. Okay, this is to praise with a musical instrument. This is one that I'm not as good at, okay? But I've, you know, plucked the guitar a little bit, but the worship team, they were playing their instruments here. It literally means that uh, trans, uh, translation is to pluck the strings. But I think we could carry it forward to today and talk, it would apply to keyboards and drums and all those different things. And so I've tried this one. It's hard for me, but that's another way to praise God. Okay, uh, number seven is uh, Shabak. Everyone say Shabak. This is to exclaim or shout praise. Let's do that again. To exclaim or shout praise. Woo! All right. All right. This is cool. Psalm um, 145, verse 4, it says this. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. That word is a shabak, the exclaim or shout of praise. In other words, one generation shall praise your works to another. In other words, you have a, we have a responsibility to, to praise God so that the next generation sees it. And to talk about the things of God is done in our lives so that the next generation sees it. That's a part of our responsibility. And I don't care if you're hearing it, you're 18 or 20 years old. I want you now to begin to say, like, I'm going to declare the praise of God to the next generation. To the four-year-olds, to the five-year-olds, the six-year-olds right now. Okay? So that's to exclaim a shout or praise. Okay? Uh, number eight is uh, taki. Everyone say taki. Okay, this is to applaud... To clap or applaud. Let's try that right now. Go ahead and there you go. There you go. Okay. 
clapping your hands. You have a, you have a built-in instrument. It's your hands, right? Okay. Clapping is a form of praise, so that's, it's good to do that. Uh, number nine, these next few are going to be a little bit faster. Um, uh, mahol. Everyone say mahol. Okay. This is a dance of praise. Have you ever danced before the Lord to praise him? The first time I ever danced, I, I shut all the doors and closed the blinds, and I'm like, I'm going to praise God. <laughs> I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance. First time I did that was by myself with no one there, but it was, I was worshiping before the Lord. Listen, if you've never done that, close the doors, close the blinds, put some worship music on, and dance. And it doesn't have to look awesome. You don't have to be part of the dance group to, like, you know, dance before the Lord. Give it a, give it a whirl, okay? And pretty soon maybe you'll give it a whirl. See what you did there, babe? Okay. <clears throat> okay. Now listen, a lot of these I'm saying, some of these, some of you have never done. I would say the worst one I am here is like playing an instrument. I'm not good at playing instruments. But I want to do all these. If you've never done some of these, try some of these out, okay? Um, okay. And number 10, uh, Raum. Everyone say Raum. Okay. It looks like rum, but it's not rum. We had tequila first, now we have rum. It's not any of those. Okay, raum, okay. Um, this means to exalt or lift high. And it doesn't really specifically say how, but it means to exalt and magnify God. Um, one of my prayers on the way to church, in church, every Sunday, if you want to know what, what is Pastor Kurt thinking, praying about, I'm obviously always asking that he helps me with the message, that he blesses the worship team, that he touches you guys. But one of the, my main prayers is just, Jesus, just be glorified. If my message stinks, if the worship team is off key, if, if anything else, God, just be glorified today. Be magnified. Let, let you, be amazing in the eyes of the people, Jesus. Okay? I want Jesus to be exalted and glorified. That's what I want him to have for my life. Okay. So that's the 10 different, um, the 10 different words um, that, are, that mean praise. I want to show, let me show you one verse that has four of these words in it at the same time. Psalms chapter 100, verse 4. It says this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, that's Todah, Thanksgiving Choir, and his courts with praise, Tehillah, singing praises. Give thanks, Yada, extended hands to him, and praise, Barak, bow before his name. That's one verse that has four of these words, uh, four of these words for praise in it. So I'll, I'll give a paraphrased version of this. Enter his gates with a Thanksgiving Choir, and into his courts with singing spontaneous praises. Give thanks by extending your hands uh, to him and praise him by bowing before his name. Okay, that's a, that's a cool picture of worship, okay? Okay, so real quick recap. What does biblical praising look like? It looks like this. It looks like worshiping with a singing choir by bowing or kneeling before the Lord, by singing a spontaneous song of the Spirit. Sometimes it looks like appearing foolish, Okay? Many times it's raising our hands or playing an instrument by shouting, by clapping, by dancing, by lifting up the name of God high. Okay? That's what biblical praising looks like. Okay? Notice something about this. Every word for praise has an action attached to it. Something you're doing literally with your body. There's an action attached to it. So let me give you, let me give you a definition as I see it. For praise. Here's the definition as I see it. I believe that praise is love expressed. Praise is love expressed. <clears throat> if, um, 
If you tell me it's your wife's birthday or your spouse's birthday, and, and I ask you, what are you going to do for your spouse's birthday? If I would, I would hope and assume that it would hopefully somehow correlate to you know, their love language. If anything else, there's just effort being made, right? That would be my hope. It's your spouse's birthday. There's some effort being made on your part to like, celebrate their birthday and bless them, right? But if you say, like, oh, she already knows I love her. She already knows I care about her. I don't need to like, actually do anything, right? She knows my heart. She knows my heart, right? How many, would that, ladies, would that go over very well for you? <laughs> Guys, or, or anyone for that matter. It doesn't have to be married people. Singles, <laughs> like, it's your birthday, and people are like, I love you, but they don't do anything, okay? Now, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. If you don't do any of the things I'm talking about here, if you don't do any of these singing, shouting, lifting your hands, kneeling, I'm not saying that you don't love God. But the question I'm asking you is this. Are you expressing your love to God in this way that the Bible talks about, through praise and through worship? And are you depriving God of something uh, one of his love languages, one of the ways he wants to receive praise from you. Maybe we're depriving God of these things by not, you know, by just sitting there, whatever. Listen, there's a time and place for soaking worship. I, I love soaking worship, not saying anything and just letting the Holy Spirit, you know, there's a time for that. And we, that even happens here in church. Not everything we do is, has to be an action. But these are part of what praise is. This is part of expressing our love and our gratitude towards God. Okay. And someone might say, well, God knows my heart. He knows that I love him. Yes, he, and the heart is important. It should be part of you know, what's in your heart. But are we expressing love and gratitude towards God? Okay. And here's the question. Why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't you want to do this? Why wouldn't you want to express your love and devotion to God? Okay. I want to. Are you embarrassed? Maybe you're embarrassed by the person sitting next to you. Well, listen, they're not even really looking at you. Okay, they're not, they don't really care about you, okay? We're all, and listen, and, and if you are looking at people who are worshiping, you probably should just worship yourself, like, put your focus on God, okay? Um, but try this out, these different things we, we talked about. Try these out. I want to praise God the way he wants to be praised. I'll close <clears throat> with this story. Uh, my wife and I went to the uh, Resource Center Gala this week on Thursday. The Resource Center is... Um, here in town, and they provide pregnancy support and STD testing and things, things of that nature. We went to the gala because they're raising money for their, it was their annual gala. And it's kind of a formal event. It's a nice formal event. There's about 600 people sitting at tables. There's a nice dinner there and that kind of stuff. And the keynote speaker is like right in the middle of his, his talk. He's a very gifted speaker. And he's right in the middle of his talk. And just as that's happening, I see this guy comes around and, like, kind of touches my shoulder. He's like, excuse me, because he, he needs to get by me. And he's going in between the tables, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? You know, the guy's in the middle. Whatever, he had to go to the bathroom. I don't know. The guy's in the middle of the keynote speakers in the middle of his thing. But he's kind of like, everyone can see him. It's a little bit distracting, but it's not like, you know, throwing the room totally off. Well, a minute later, I see him. He goes to a table. A minute later, I see him coming back. And he's carrying... A big yellow purse. And then it occurs to me, oh, this guy and his wife left, they were leaving, and his wife forgot her purse. Now, so, <laughs> now most men don't like carrying their wife's purse, okay? So, 
but in front of 600 people. I mean, this is a very distinguished looking like elderly man, like carrying his wife's purse and like, personally, if we had left somewhere, we get in the car and my wife's like, oh, I forgot my purse. Can you go get it? I'd be like, wait a minute. You want me to go get your purse for you? You forgot your purse. You go get your purse, you know. And so he walks, the guy walks past me again. And I just looked at him and said, you're a good man, you know. <clears throat> and then I looked at my wife and I said, babe, you see that guy? I almost love you as much as that man <laughs> loves his wife. <laughs> I almost love you that much. I mean, the bag couldn't have been bigger. It couldn't have been brighter. But obviously he was doing something for his bride, you know, being a blessing to her. So... My question to you is, are you expressing your love to God? Maybe you don't want people to see you. You don't want to express it. Express your love to God. I, I, I haven't always wanted to lift my hands. I haven't always wanted to kneel. I haven't always wanted to dance. But I began to integrate those things into my life, and I found that there is freedom in it. There's freedom in that breakthrough, okay? And I want my kids to see me doing that. I don't want them to see mom doing that. I want them to see... You know, me as a dad doing that. I want, the, I want them to see me praising. I want them to see me praying, okay? And so um, praise is love expressed, okay? So that's my encouragement to you. Next week, I want to kind of get into some of the nuances of the difference between thanksgiving, praise, and worship because the goal is to get into God's presence. That's where we're changed. That's where we're transformed. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.